Okay, good morning. Buenos dias. Robert Carrillo here, and uh, we're at uh, day three of the Corona Challenge, and I'm broadcasting live from Metro Studios, aka Turnwall Garage. <laughs> and uh, we've got a new, better setup here, and uh, we're excited about it. Uh, um, and as we uh, jump on in, you know, we, uh, of course, these are, these are very interesting times that we're in right now. I know like a, like, a, like a lot of us, I was out yesterday just gathering last supplies so that we could uh, uh, isolate ourselves and respect and obey the, the new guidelines on social distancing and not being out and about. And, and um, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy out there. On the one hand, people are being extra friendly. On the other hand, uh, you can sense the tension, the anxiety. Um, clearly just crazy times. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing I've thought a lot about lately, uh, especially over the last four years being traveling around the world, working with hope. What are the answers? What, 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 what is our rock and how do we stay solid in difficult times? Uh, whether it's disasters, poverty, or something like this. And, and everything always turns back to spirituality, you know. Uh, you know, we face the facts, and and there's you know there's some scary stuff going out there. The the numbers are climbing. The the, the we're over six thousand deaths, and and uh, the stats. This this is that website that I just check every once in a while. But the answer I'm finding more and more really is our walk with God. It's it's our relationship with the Lord. It's how solid we are, how grounded we are. Um, I think that uh, as Christians, you know, we're, we're particularly, you know, challenged like everyone else, but particularly we have an opportunity to uh, really shine and, and be a help in these difficult times. And um, so we're going to look at today uh, being grounded in God's love. And, and the key verse that uh, we're looking at is Ephesians 3, uh, 17 through 19. And he says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You know, um, Paul wrote this to the Ephesian disciples, to the Ephesian Christians, and knowing all that they would go through, knowing what they were going through, but knowing all they would go through. And, you know, Christianity was, uh, was uh, a religion that was intensely persecuted in the first century and they went through many difficult challenges and um, you know here we are at this time right now going through challenges and and I can't help but to to go back to the basics and how solid that is and how helpful that is and he says this was Paul's prayer that they be rooted and established in love and I want you to just think about that for a second what exactly does that mean to be rooted and to be established in love. Think about that. You know, when I first became a Christian, I remember I was amazed at how much of this really was all about love. I was, at first, 
you know, I grew up more more with the mindset of religion is all about obedience and a set of rules you follow. And, and of course, there are rules you follow and there is obedience that required, but that's not what it's about any more than marriage is about paying bills and throwing out the trash and, you know, who does the oil change in the car. It's about love. It's about a relationship. That was what blew me away and was so inspiring and enlightening to me when I first became a Christian. And yet, the longer I've been around, which is now uh, 27 years, or excuse me, 37 years as a Christian, I'm, I'm, I'm just finding more and more how much this really is all about love and how much love really is the answer. As... I've, you know, I grew, many of you know, I grew up somewhat poor here in the United States and uh, bounced around California, Nevada, Oregon. Um, and then working with Hope took me to the, the poorest places on the planet in Africa and Latin America and Southeast Asia, the Middle East, across Europe, uh, refugee camps. And, and what, was a surprise to me. What I've learned is that the, the the basic and most important need that people who are stuck in poverty have is to be loved, to be significant. Whether it's children growing up in the streets in India, or people scraping out a living in trash heaps in Asia or Latin America, poverty has a way of robbing them of their dignity and their self-worth and their self-respect. And love restores that. And the most important thing we do is just to love each other, which obviously brings it right back to God. Um, He says to grasp his prayers that we would grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. I love that because it's, it's like all the dimensions And there's so much to learn. I mean, I've been at this 37 years and I'm still learning so much. I mean, I would say even in the last few weeks, it's been so incredibly inspiring. I've been reading uh, some books that I do want to recommend. This is the books I'm reading right now. This is Soul Care in English and El Cuidado del Alma en Español eh, por el autor Dr. Rob Reimer, or in English, Dr. Rob Reimer. Uh, these These are great books. Um, and there's a lot of great books, but but that's what I'm reading right now. Um, you know, and he says, to know his love that surpasses knowledge. It's way more than just about gathering information. It's way more than just about knowing facts about God. It's, it's, it's understanding. It's that relationship. He says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I mean, if you want to spend some time just meditating on a scripture, here's a great one. I'm going to read it again. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I mean, wow, that's just, it's incredible. It's amazing. And obviously we're not talking about knowledge of gathering of information. We're talking about knowledge of knowing. 
Um, it's an advantage we have in Spanish that we have different words. We have, we have saber, which is to know facts, and conocer, which is to know somebody. It's relational love. And that's what he's talking about here, right? So, a couple of thoughts. Number one, God's love is intrinsic to his nature. And these are things you need to know. You need to know this as a Christian because it helps you to be rooted and established. First John 4, 7 through 8 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is one of those great lines in the, in the scriptures that sums up everything. God is love. It's not just that he's very loving or has lots of love. He is love. This is why we should love one another. And we need to know that love comes from God. And this is the sign of God, that we love each other. Because what? God is love. You spend your whole life growing and learning and understanding that. The first point I want to point out is God cannot cease to be God. In other words, God won't stop loving. He doesn't stop loving because he'd literally have to stop being God. And because God is love, God always loves. No matter what, he cannot change, he will not change, he does not change. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. This is part of our relationship with him. You know, we, we think about a lot of different things of knowing the scriptures and walking the line and purity and righteousness. And all those things are important, not to take away from any of those. Those are the basics. That's the, the basic obedient life to God. But what we really strive for, what really matters, what changes us and transforms us and gives us a confidence that is untouchable, a confidence that, that no matter what happens in this world or in life or in our life, gives us a rock to stand on, is knowing God's love. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is not just about a religion. <laughs> He's about a relationship. And God cannot cease to be God. So it's a, it's a love you can count on. His love is based on his perfection, not yours. This is one of the things I love about, about, about growing in our understanding of God is that you realize that it's so much, it's not about you. And it's not about how good you are or how righteous you are. And not that, you know, I used to be afraid of that. I used to be afraid of that, um, well, if, if we just look at God's love and, 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 and we focus on that, then we'll just all go out and sin. We have to be afraid of him constantly. And I talked about fear yesterday. And there is a healthy fear, of course. But there's nothing so powerful and so inspiring as being motivated by love. I mean, love inspires. Love gives strength, gives courage. I shared a sermon the other day about a man who jumped in the ocean and attacked a 10-foot bull shark. Why would anybody do such a thing? Because he was protecting his niece and nephew. 
He took the shark, attacked it, drug it out onto the beach, and shot it. I mean, I'm thinking that shark was shocked, you know, to be attacked like that. Who does that? Somebody motivated by love. I shared about a woman who's in her late 60s who attacked a mountain lion with a ballpoint pen. Who does that? Well, the mountain lion had her husband uh, on the ground and literally had his head in his mouth. And she attacked it with a ballpoint pen. Now, those are extreme and, and, and you know, kind of crazy examples, but we know that we'll go to extremes for those we love and those we care about. God's love, thankfully, is not based on us and how good we are or what we accomplish. It's based on Him and His holiness and His righteousness and His being. And then another last thought uh, or another thought, you cannot change God. No matter what you do, you don't have the power to change God's love or to stop God from loving you. His love is forever. It endures forever. It is always. It's because he is always. Because he is who he is. He is love. God is love. In Malachi 3.6, he says, I, the Lord, do not change. And I think sometimes we, you know, because of the kind of love we deal with in this world, and unfortunately we learn a lot of bad lessons, that the love that we receive from others can be directly tied to our behavior. The love we receive from God is directly tied to who God is, not who we are, who He is. And therefore, He doesn't change. And therefore, you don't lose that gut, that love. Now you might think, well, wait a second. I know from, from our study in Hebrews and I know from what I've learned in, in my Christianity that, that you can lose your salvation. You can throw away all your blessings. There are many examples in the Bible. And that is true. You can throw away your relationship with God. But that doesn't mean he stops loving you. That doesn't mean that he withdraws his love. You can destroy your relationship. You can build a wall between them. That's what sin does. And isolates us. But any more than the prodigal son stopped being loved when he was out being lost. The father still loves. That's why Jesus told that story. To help us all understand. And as I close out, you know, the, the, the really cool thing about God is that he loves everybody. He doesn't love a particular group. He doesn't love a particular level of righteousness or a particular level of spirituality. It doesn't matter how educated you are or uneducated or good looking or not good looking or, or where you're from or what your race is or your ethnicity or your background. And Matthew 25 says, when the son of man comes, verse 31, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. The separation won't be based on race or color, ethnicity or background. It loves everybody. It will be more by our level of love. And did we practice love, right? Did we care for the poor and the needy? Did we love others? I close out with this picture, if you can see it. Um, 
I've shown this picture a lot. I love this picture because I, I, one, it's children of the world. And, and I think this is how God sees us. This is how God sees you. And it's all the children from all over the world and their, and the beauty of their diversity and the beauty of their cultures and languages and all the different things that, that make them who they are, each unique, each different, and yet every one of them loved by God. If I've learned anything, especially over the last few years traveling the world, is, is how it, does, it doesn't matter what anybody's background is. Even their religion, God loves everybody. And yeah, of course, he wants everybody to know Jesus. It's where we started out, that we would know the love of Christ, how deep, how wide, how much that has an impact on us. But that doesn't mean he only loves us when we know him. He loves everybody. We're all his children. And he cares about every single one of us. And maybe particularly important this morning is that you understand how much he loves you and how much he cares about you and wants you to know him and understand and have a knowledge of his love for you. So let's think about that today. And I want to remind you the challenge we have this week that I gave to memorize Psalm 23. It's a great psalm. So let's have that down by by uh, Friday, and we'll go over it together on Friday. Meanwhile, have a great day today, and know that God loves you. We'll see you tomorrow.